Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Tips from the Pros. And I'm very excited today because I did an episode a while back on Coffee with the Johns, and we talked about an innovative company that is really changing the game, especially when it comes time to listing your home and working with agents and all of the uh, all of those things. And it's what I tell you consistently. If you're not innovative, if you're not thinking about what's that next thing, you're trying to do what everybody else is doing, that's why you're struggling. And this company is far from that. And I'm very excited. He reached out, the owner reached out. And as soon as he did, I took opportunity to get him on the show because I just thought it was uh, an amazing time to, to really pick his brain about this. So I'm very excited to introduce Mr. Grant Clayton, the CEO and founder of 1% List. So Mr. Grant, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. So thank you for being on. Like I said before, I'm, I'm very excited to have you on. I have a bunch of questions, a lot of curiosity because uh, what you're doing is is really cool. Read a lot about your company and I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see you succeed in this business, succeed in this industry and see how far you guys take your company. Um, so with that being said, I like starting all the episodes, same thing. So give me that kind of two minute origin story of yourself. Kind of talk about you, everything, anything you want to share. Sure. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a second generation real estate professional. My dad was a commercial real estate developer. Um, I was a, I was actually a teacher and a basketball coach before I got into real estate. And, um, my wife and I moved to a, to a new city and we noticed that residential real estate was just going crazy. This was just after hurricane Katrina. We live just outside New Orleans and, um, basically, there's there's four we call them parishes, but there's four counties that are centered around where Hurricane Katrina hit, and the northwesternmost parish uh, was largely spared by Hurricane Katrina, and so there was just a huge residential boom up there, and that was still going on when when we moved up there, and and so we decided to become residential realtors, and the moment we joined, we we noticed that everybody seemed really content to either outwork or outspend each other. And nobody was really trying to say, you know, how can I innovate? How can I do more with less? How can I be more efficient? You know, how can I do what Netflix did to Blockbuster? How can I do what Amazon did to retail? And nobody was interested in even considering that, much less going down that road. And so uh, year one was a, a big flop for us. You know, we were in a new area. We didn't know anybody. We, we lost money our first year as, as a traditional 6% agent. And then we decided to to innovate. We, we literally made a conscious decision to innovate and do something remarkably different. And then our business just exploded. And and then once we realized, hey, the, the public is starving for this, uh, we created a company that's branding was centered around that uh, full service for less one percent lists. And um, yeah, we've we've doubled our sales volume every single year. We're now expanding through through franchising throughout the East Coast. We have people that's talking to us about a franchise as far away as Seattle. Um, it's just it's growing faster than I know what to do with, to be quite honest with you. Well, I mean, I always hear everybody say, you know, oh, that's a good problem uh, to have when you're growing so fast. But it's still a problem, you know, and it's a big problem because you you do see all that opportunity available to you. And, you, and especially as entrepreneurs, we're always like, we don't want to pass up any opportunity, right? We want to right. take advantage. So being able to, I guess, control yourself and not, you know, 
stretch yourself so thin? I mean, how do you manage that part? Uh, you know, um, I'd love to tell you I manage that part. It's it's hard. <laughs> um, I mean, as a guy who's who doesn't know what growing too fast means or even looks like, um, you know, it's hard. We're we're on pace to do somewhere around fifty or sixty franchises in our first year. Um, which I've been told is kind of crazy. I don't really know. I've never franchised anything before. Um, and and Inc. 5000 is talking to us. I believe we're one of the fastest growing companies in the nation right now. Like we've we've done 10x growth in the past three years. Um, so it's really cool. But at the same time, it's like, okay, the, the article that you read and that that was was sent to me, once we did that, we had 80 franchise requests in 10 days. Okay. And, and so literally like I've got little kids and my wife, I just basically just lock myself in my office for like 16 hours a day. And I'm just like calling people and, and spreadsheeting all that out. And whenever you, whenever you call somebody and kind of introduce this project, this, this product to them, it's not like a five minute phone call. It's like an hour and a half. And um, so we went through that and then, then we kind of hit the pause button for about two or three months and we said, okay, Obviously, there's a huge demand from this. We've always known there's a demand from the public, but there's demand from realtors, too, is what we're finding in brokers. So we kind of hit, hit the pause button and we we perfected our onboarding strategies a little bit, perfected what we're doing as far as, you know, bringing people into our systems. And we're getting ready to run our next article on May 3rd. So be on the lookout for a new one that runs on May 3rd. Oh, I definitely will. I'm always paying attention to all everything real estate related and especially when it's innovative because sure. uh we've all heard the same things over and over but something that's changing the game and everything so i i do want to back up a little bit so sure. you started off as uh, you got your real estate license so you're an agent then you worked your way up to having your own brokerage and that's where this evolved from yeah so i started as a as just a typical traditional six percent charging agent um, so if you can imagine me and my wife, we, we moved to an area that we weren't from. We joined this big company with like 300 agents and basically our training consisted of, you know, welcome to this company. We charge 6%. It's what we do, you know, pat on the head. Good luck to you. And, um, you know, walking into the office, everybody has more experience than you. Everybody has a better sphere of influence than you do. Everybody has everything more than the brand new agent. And yet, we were like, okay, so are we going to outwork these people? Are we going to outspend them? Are we just going to not sleep? Like, what are we going to do? And um, I just, I became very disillusioned with the whole process. It just seemed silly to me. Um, and it's probably just the way my mind works. I always look at it and I'm like, man, that doesn't make sense. Why are you doing it that way? Why not do it this better way? And um, so, yeah, year one, we did everything from handing out trick-or-treat bags to docking on doors and you name it, we did it. And none of it worked. And until we started focusing on offering better value to our, our customers. And the moment we started doing that, two things happened. Our business exploded and that broker basically made it clear that we weren't welcome to do that there. And so we moved on to a brokerage that gave us a better commission split and complete control to do whatever we wanted to do. And um, then we just exploded. We went from doing two deals our first year to like 25 or 30 our second year. Wow. Wow. And and then from there, so you went to that one. And then when did you decide to, you say, okay, when did this idea hit you of starting your company? And I, I mean, I guess a little backstory, what is 1% list? What is this? What do you offer? What's, what's so unique about this company? 
Sure. So basically, if you can imagine, um, there's there's several real estate disruptors right now. Okay. And, you know, on the, you know, there's the lower cost, uh, the, there's the there's the better split people um, that are just offering phenomenal commission splits and going totally virtual so that they can offer just amazing commission splits to agents. But all their agents are still basically charging the same thing. Um, then on the other side, there's the value-based people. Okay, so that's Redfin and people like us. The, the issue with a lot of those companies is that most of those companies that are disrupting from a value standpoint, they are, they're perceived as very anti-agent, like they are not pro real estate agent at all. Um, they turn agents into employees. And in my mind, if you, wanna, if you wanna figure out whether you're talking to a good salesperson, ask them if they want a salary. If they say yes, they're probably not very good. If they say, no, I absolutely do not want a salary, you can't afford me, then they're probably gonna be rock stars, or at least they think they are, which is step one to becoming one. And so for us, what we sought to do was recreate a real estate company that's designed number one, to, pro to provide better value to our, our sellers, but number two, to be agent focused. And so believe it or not, our agent retention is almost 100%. We've had three agents leave over six years, almost six years. And our agents are actually more profitable than, than other traditional agents. And most agents that blows their brains right out of their head when you say, hang on, you charge less money, but you're more profitable. It's true. You know, they can't wrap the brain around it, but it's, it's, it is the truth. So when you, when you say more profitable, like, do you have you know do you know like by how much or what is the average that an agent on one percent list is making sure um my average agent makes about 25 to 30 percent less per deal than their counterparts but compared to the number one brokerage in my area my average agent did almost five times the amount of deals so basically every time they make x we make 30 percent less than x three or four or five times Right. But the most important thing is we're doing that with a better value proposition, which means you don't have to make a thousand phone calls to find that one person that's not going to hang up on you. Okay. Literally when I call and say, Hey, would you like to hire a full service agent for only 1%? If you're a for sale by owner, you're like, Oh, okay. That sounds remarkably nice. As opposed to everybody else saying, Hey, you should pay me 6%. You should pay me 6%. It's literally like we, we trained a guy who had never been in sales before, never been an agent before. We trained him how to use this script. If you could hire a full service local agent for 1%, would you like help? And he finished in the top 70 of all agents in Greater Baton Rouge in his very first year. Oh never been in sales before, never been in yeah. anything before. Just, hey, like, if I could do this for only this, would you like help? Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. So <laughs> now when you're saying 1% versus 6%, but the the seller's still, there's still the buyer's agent fee, right? Correct. They're 3% or, I mean, here, I don't, where are you? Where are you located? I'm located, well, we're all over now, but we, mm -hmm. we originated just outside New Orleans. And the reason we say 1% is really there's two different commissions that's paid in every transaction. There's what you're paying to a listing agent, and then there's what you're offering to, it's either a co-broke or a co-op agent or a buyer's agent, depending on which market you're in, they call it something different. And so we, we typically charge 1%. Okay. Now look, are there times where we charge slightly more because it's a really low end property? Yes. Are there times where we charge less because it's super high end and it's repeat client? Sure. I mean, I've listed houses for free before. 
just because, you know, it's a, it's a military family or it's somebody that's disabled or it's something like that where it's like, look, you know what? I'm just going to pay it forward on this one. Um, but we're always offering the buyer's agent, you know, whatever's quote unquote normal. Now, there's not a normal, but there's like an accepted commission in every market. And we don't typically discount beyond that. Yeah. I mean, right now, I was going to say in San Antonio, where our buyer's agents are getting, they used to get 3%. Now they're getting two two and a half, maybe, you know, because it's just, I mean, buyers are everywhere, you know, and yeah. they're just salivating at the chance to buy a deal. So it's, it's right. really, as long as the deal's on the MLS or anywhere on the market, I mean, the buyers yeah. do most of the work anyway, uh, right now between online and Zillow and everything. So, you know, it, one thing that I did like that I want to kind of loop back to is I use this actually as even a title of, the difference between being a Netflix investor and a blockbuster investor. And I love that you <clears> use <throat> the same analogy because I I agree. I mean, I, I that story always fascinated me because, you know, Blockbuster had all of the ability to stay in business and be what Netflix is. Yet they chose not to do it. Right? Because yeah. they just did not want to innovate. They did not want to change. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Literally. So I've got um, our top producer this year. I'll give her a quick plug. Her name is Stacia Lamont. Okay. So Stacia, she was a partner at a brokerage. So she, she didn't have a split. What If she made a hundred bucks, she kept a hundred bucks. Um, she joined us and she immediately had a split. She proceeded to double her income within nine months of joining us, despite the fact that she now had a split. Then she bought a franchise. And so now she's in year two of owning a franchise and she's going to double her income again. Okay. This year. And she just bought Destin in Florida. And, and so it's one of those things where she came on. The first thing she did was she wanted to fight with me about what her split was going to be. And I was like, why are you fighting with me over splits? You know, because I tell agents all the time, it's like, look, you could go to a company like all these other companies, they're all doing the same thing, charging the same thing. It's all the same. So all they can offer you is a better split. I can literally throw gasoline on the fire that is your career. I, I can prove to you that I can do that. I can show you where I can do that. Stop arguing with me over splits and start worrying about how much money you make at the end of the year. But it's so hard for agents to do. Agents get so obsessed with valuing themselves by what they charge per commission, like per deal. And I tell them, why don't you focus on how much work you have to do to make how much money you made? That is how you should value yourself. Okay. But that is so foreign to them. Like, doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> I mean, and, and to that point, one of the things that I, I see consistently, I see a lot with investors because I tell every investor, you should have your license because it just opens mm -hmm. up so many more doors for yes. you to, you know, to do just volume. And as the market changes, I mean, the opportunities are insane. And one of the things I always see from investors is that they're always looking for that bargain brokerage, right? What What is that cheap brokerage? What is that cheap uh, or that cheap split that I can do? The less split, the, the flat fees and all that. And I'm just like, you're valuing the wrong things, you yes. know, because that becomes irrelevant when you actually are doing volume. What you yes. should value is the company the morals, the the systems, the network, whatever that brokerage offers mm -hmm. is what should be more valuable, not the split. The split should be yeah. the last thing. It's like, you know, a cherry on the top, but the bulk needs to be the 
the whole cake, right? Not the yes. freaking cherry. Um, so totally. with that, and so with that, I mean, what what is what is the split, or how does that split look like when somebody goes to work for one percent less? Does it start at a certain point, escalate? I mean, how does that? Sure. Look? It, it, look, every franchisee can set their own splits. What we generally advise them is to do an 80-20 split. That's eighty percent going to the agent, fifteen percent going to the broker, and five percent paid out in a royalty to to the home office. Um, for the record, shameless plug. We sell franchises for less than $20,000 and that's turnkey, everything you need to open your doors. That's all of your marketing materials. That's your website created for you, hosted by us. That's professionally made animated like CGI looking videos that we rebrand for you. Um, we have an in-house graphics design team. We have an in-house digital marketing team. Literally my goal, we have an in-house accountant. My goal is to take everything you have to figure out how to do that is not real estate related and take that off your plate. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, when, when it comes to that, it's like, okay, your splits matter, especially when you're charging a little bit less, your splits matter. But if I can now get you doing four times the amount of deals you used to do, the split matters a little bit less. I mean, if you don't believe me, you know, ask Amazon how much it profits per TV and does that bother Jeff Bezos? versus what Circuit City used to profit per TV when they were still around. You know, I guarantee you it's less. They just do more, you know? Yeah, and I, and I think that's, especially as we keep going, you start valuing volume versus, you know, such niche. You know, when you're in that niche space, you are more, I think, vulnerable <laughs> to the market, more vulnerable to any, any shifts that happen. But when you focus more on the volume, now you have a lot of a lot more diversity, a lot more options. So a question that I have for you is how are you? I've seen a lot of low fee brokerages pop up and fade out, pop up and fade out. Right. <clears throat> um, what makes you what makes one percent list different than all these other so-called low fee brokerages that are coming out? Um, number one, we're, we're full service. Mm -hmm. Um, so we handle every aspect of your transaction from the moment we meet you until the moment you close. And so I think I, I call this the Starbucks effect. I'll use this analogy on you. Most people get free coffee at the office, but most people show up with Starbucks, you know, or, or a nice coffee. Why? Because it's $3, $4. And for three or four bucks, I would just assume have a really good coffee. Okay, but in my opinion, 6% is, it's like a $15, $20 coffee. Like people don't see that as a good value. Okay, and, and so from that standpoint, there's, there's two different things that are being weighed there. And there's what's your price versus what is your quality? And the combination of those things equals to your value. Okay, and so, so for us, the value has to be there, which means the quality has to remain incredibly high with a lower price. As long as, as long as your quality stays remarkably high with a lower product, with a lower price, then your, your value proposition goes through the roof. Once your value proposition goes through the roof, now it becomes very easy for you as a marketer. And so I'm, I'm a, you know, look, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a great realtor. I've done hundreds of real estate transactions, but really what I am is a marketer. And what I realized is that if you drop me in San Antonio with 15,000 agents and I'm charging 6%, I've got to convince the world I'm the best. But if I can be just as good as they are and charge remarkably less, 
I've got to convince the world I exist. It's a lot easier to convince the world that I exist than it is to convince the world that I'm better than 15,000 other people doing the same exact thing as me for the same exact price. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's why we have an in-house digital marketing team. That's why we track people who go to Zillow and then we retarget them on Google and then we retarget them on Facebook. I mean, it's, it's literally just, Hey, we exist. Hey, we exist. Hey, we exist. And then they seek us out. They seek us out, frankly. I mean, we get listing requests daily from around the country. And, and that's really what makes it tick for us is we list a lot of houses in mass, but then we turn a lot of those listings into buyers and we're getting two and a half and 3% on those buyers. And so that's where the rubber meets the road for my agents making more money is we don't have to pay for leads. And then we got listings chasing us, but those listings turn into very immediate buyers that pay us the higher commissions on the buyer side. So, I, so kind of taking what you just said, are, did you see then the value of an agent that's just, that value has been declining more and more because of technology, because of resources, because of all this, where you're just, and even sellers are starting to see that it's like, paying you 3% for what, you know, uh, is that kind of where you were going or you, was it more of like, no, they're still valuable. I just rather charge less so I can get bigger slice of the market. Um, I'm not trying to to devalue the agent at all. I'm trying to get the agent to be valued based off of what they're there for. Okay. Um, like you should value an agent based off of how well they can structure deals, how smart they are and how well they, they can negotiate on, on your behalf. Okay, that should be what a what a realtor is valued for, because frankly, between a sign in the yard and Internet marketing, according to the National Association of Realtors, that's 98 percent of all marketing. Okay, the remaining two percent is print media and open houses. So basically, if you study NAR, okay, open houses are completely pointless. Uh, print media is completely pointless. And part of our listing presentation, ironically, is like, look, if you don't believe me, look at your spouse right now with a straight face and say, honey, we have to find a place to live today. Please drive around and look for, for balloons with a magazine in your lap. And they're like, oh my God, I'm gonna do that. I'm like, no, you don't. But some of them will say, but hey, I've been to an open house. I'm like, oh yeah, where'd you see it? Oh, I saw it on Facebook. And then I went to Zillow and I looked at the house and then I decided to go to the open house. I was like, okay, so you saw it online and you went online and saw it again. And then you decided to go. Um, you know, it's realtors are not valued for what we should be valued now just because so much has changed. And I have people tell me, oh, this won't work in a buyer's market. Okay. Only problem is the last buyer's market was in 2007 when no one had a smartphone. Nobody knew what an app was. Zillow basically didn't exist. Realtor.com didn't exist. And so people weren't migrating online in mass to look at houses. Um, there were studies done by NAR, one of them is called Real Estate in the Digital Age. The silent generation, that's people born prior to World War II. If they're still alive, 77% of them search online for homes. I mean, think about that. Right. That's nuts. Baby boomers, it's 97%. Millennials, it's like 99.8%. Shop online for homes. We shouldn't be valued for putting, you know, for open houses and print media and crap that doesn't work. We should be valued for our brains. You know, uh, I always tell people if an agent comes up to you and, and says, I'm the most hardworking person you've ever met, run, just run away <laughs> because we shouldn't be like, if you think you're a super hard worker, like go watch somebody roof a house in August, right. like in, in Texas, that's a hard work. Go out. I used to bail hay when I lived in East Texas. That's really hard work. I have yet to work really hard as a realtor. Don't value me for that. Value me for my brain.
from my from my market knowledge. And right. so that's how realtors should be valued. And frankly, it's my opinion. No, and, and and I completely agree. And you made an excellent point before where you say, you know, I, I'm, you feel that you're a better marketer than you are an agent. But I think that that everybody needs to be. I don't think that it doesn't matter what you do and where you are. If you cannot market yourself consistently, you're just going to struggle no matter what business you're in, right? Because right. one thing I always tell investors when they're struggling for deals, I, I tell them like, if people don't know you, don't know you exist, how do you expect them to work with you? How do you expect them to hire you, to partner with you, to bring you deals? People don't know you exist. So with all that being said, are you more than anything, more than the 1% list or anything? I think the niche that you are trying to carve out is the online marketing space of this, right? Where you guys are just that brand that no matter what happens, somebody goes online and you come up always consistently. Is that kind of the target that you're going for? Yes. Um, statistically, sorry, I've got dogs in the background. <laughs> uh, statistically, a, a fraction of 1% of all traffic is people searching for how to sell their house. And, and those people are typically searching how to do for sale by owner or they're searching, um, you know, where the best deal is, you know, for, from a discount broker standpoint. Um, so almost all search traffic is buyers. So if you think about the sales process, if you decided, you know, you wanted to move, what are you going to do? You're going to start searching where you want to live. And then you're going to start nailing that down more and more until you decide, oh, I want to live in this neighborhood. I want to live in this area. Okay. So of all those people that are shopping, that are buyers, almost 70% of them are sellers. And so what we do is we want to make sure somewhere along the lines, while you're in the buying process, you discover us and realize that you can hire a full service agent for almost half price. Okay. Mm. You know, it's about 45% off. So you can hire a full service agent, pay both agents, professional photography included, everything included for about 45% off. And if I can put that message in front of all the buyers, so almost 70% of them need to sell, which means if they call me to sell and I walk through the door, okay, and they're like, man, I just hired you because you were cheaper, but dude, I love Grant. Grant's really smart. Grant sold a bunch of houses last, last year. Grant's got a great haircut, much like the guy from Prime Homes. Yep. I mean, bro, I, I like Grant. I want to send Grant all of my friends and family. Now, all of a sudden, the referral pipeline starts. And that's when you start picking up the buyers. You start picking up their friends because now they have a reason to use you. Like, we don't, you'll, you'll think this is crazy. Like we don't really have a CRM that we use because we don't have to. Like most agents, they send out the most gangster pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie recipe like ever for Thanksgiving or dude, check out my football schedule. No, it's not a compelling reason to use you as an agent. What's a compelling reason is I'm fantastic and I sell more houses than everybody. And I'm, I'm value oriented. I'm worried about your bottom line. And when they say, why would you want to do it for less? And I just ask them, look, I do a great job. Are you going to send me all your friends and family? And they're like, yeah. So, okay. So I don't have to carve out 95% of my work day trying to find a deal because those deals are going to be sent to me organically. That's a good reason to charge less. Yeah. You know? uh, I a hundred percent agree. And I think it's a, it's a very, I think it's a very scary way for a lot of people to look at it that way. Right. Because you are at that point you're talking about, yes, you know, I, I, I rather still charge full amount because what if that doesn't happen? What if 
all that referrals don't happen. It, and they live in this land of fear of what is of all this, where it's like, then you just never move out. And I mean, I feel like that. That's always, blockbuster to me. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> where I see is that the, where people like yourself that you thrive is that entrepreneurs, what, what we do is we take massive risk on all those what ifs, <clears throat> right? We, we pretty much do bet at all on those what ifs and it's just, but what if it doesn't work? I'll figure it out. Right. Wow. But that fear just keeps them in that rut where now you're getting priced out and you're getting put out of business. Well, I mean, I, I look at, you know, what drives sales? If you've ever watched the cheesy infomercial, it's always somebody spilling a glass of red wine on a white couch. Okay. So what drives sales? It's pain points. It's horrible things, right? right. What is the pain point uh, for a consumer? that realtors have been charging the same thing since basically 1908. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I, I jokingly say people were, you know, running around the wild, wild west on a horse charging 6%. And now I can literally send documents to Thailand in my boxers and I still charge 6%. I mean, stop and think about that. And then you think about some of these, some of these brokerages. I mean, you have brokerages that are disrupting the market that's basically nothing but this market, th this brokerage. And then you take over, you take out all the, the expenses, all the brick and mortar, all the administrators, you take out all the junk. You basically put this brokerage online, offer better splits to your agents and still charge 6%. Woohoo! I mean, as, as the client, as a consumer, you gotta say, this doesn't feel right. You know, <laughs> if you go look at five different automobiles and they all cost the exact same amount, you're like, eh, something doesn't feel right. And so there's a pain point for the, the consumer, for the client, for the agent. Like I was on Clubhouse earlier today. I don't know if you're in there, but I go in and I just listen to some of these rooms and, and they frankly just they make my stomach turn mm. because it's like how to effectively door knock, how to effectively cold call. I literally listen to somebody give an agent advice today that you need to feel like you're smiling on the inside. That's going to make you a better cold caller. And I'm like, bro, if we're in 2021. One and then you're like you need to feel like you're smiling on the inside. That is the pain point for the agent. They cannot differentiate themselves. They can't create a brand. They can't do anything different. And so if you look at the landscape, the real pain points for agents is if everybody charges the same thing to do the same thing. Now big tech starts to swarm. Now Zillow, Realtor.com, OpCity, Google through HomeLight, they get right in between the client and the agent. And then they sell the client right back to the agent for a massive referral fee. Okay. You know what that makes you, if you jump into that, that makes you a discounter. You're literally raising your hand saying, I'll make less money. Just please give me a lead. Yep. And the way I look at it is if you're willing to go that route, why not wear it like a badge of honor? Why not make that your outreach to, to the public? Because now you don't have to lead Jen so hard. Yeah. So you know, I mean and and I see, I think that's also the, the biggest difference is that, like you're saying, why do you get the referrals? Well, when the seller is done with you and they're talking to their friends or family, they're not saying, you know, yeah, you can go with this person. They're cheap. They're saying, look, I saved a ton of money and they're good, right? Like, and it was good service and it was, it was what you would expect. Plus I saved a bunch of money. So the, the review, uh, you know, the, the, the referral becomes that much better versus just saying, yeah, they're cheap. You know, it's like, well, what does that mean for somebody? Right. I, I mean, my next door neighbor right now, he's looking to sell his house and he knows mm -hmm. I'm in real estate and everything. He approached me and he told me 
he had some agents that came to him and they said, oh, they said this, that, this, that. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, he's right. That's there's, Yeah, he's like, yeah, but I want to go with you. I'm like, well, I mean, I I'm, I don't mind, but, you know, they're right too and everything. Yeah, but I trust you. Like, I want to go with you. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't care what I would charge. He didn't care anything. He believed in, like, the, the service that I provide. He believed in the person, you know, the quality and all of that. So that goes a lot further than just the price. The price you know, matters, I, but. You know why? Because you're not, a, you, you didn't come across as a pushy sales guy. Right. And so like our, our listing presentation is two pages long. It is nothing but stats from NAR for how homes sell. And we basically tell people, look, if you put a sign in the ground, put it on the MLS and, and then it automatically gets syndicated out across the web, that's 84% of all marketing. Okay, that that you can't influence and I can't influence. My sign doesn't say for sale on it better than yours. I can't put it on the MLS. Like I don't have special access to Zillow or the MLS. It just is what it is. At that point, it's who's going to be better at marketing on social media. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really what you need to push is I'm better at social media because that's where an agent can really make a difference right now. But so many agents get sucked into just over promising themselves. Like just, I, I will promise you that I, I make rainbows and butterflies appear every morning if you just give me a listing. And for us, it's like, no, stop being a salesperson. Just tell them the truth. You know, people identify with truth. People love truth. Right. And and it's, it's so much easier to just be like, no, hey, this is the facts. This is just what it is, you know? Yeah. And I think people intuitively can tell when you're full of shit or you're, you're not, you're not, you're lying. <laughs> Right. They may not be able to pinpoint it, but they feel like uh, I feel like you're selling me. And people, majority of people do not like to feel like they're being sold. Right. Because they they feel like they're losing control. If you want to look up something, there's something that's circulating around the Internet right now um, called 183 things that listing agents do for their clients. Something like that. Okay, and it's literally like the equivalent of being at a restaurant and be like, bro, I brought you your food on a plate. And did, did you see I, I brought you like a knife and a fork to eat with? I put your drink in a cup. I even brought you a straw, dude. And it's like, no, this is not a value add for me. You know, like you getting in your car and pushing the skinny pedal to arrive at my house is not a value add for you to me as an agent. Yeah. You know, it's like this is just part of your job. And stop overselling me on all these things to make it look like you're so damn busy. Because for your average agent, 95% of their time is not spent doing deals. It's spent trying to find a deal. And for us, we spend 95% of our time doing deals and 5% finding deals. That's a lot better ratio for most people because most people hate the legion aspect. They well, just hate that- it. And also that's where your profit comes in, where, why your agents can, I can see why your agents make so much more profit on this because now instead of spending all that time marketing and everything that makes them no money, they spend the time actually doing the thing that makes them money, which is listing the properties, doing the property. So now you are spending so much more time doing that. And I I think it's genius. I think it's an excellent idea because I've tried to help people with marketing, especially when they're starting off as investors or starting off on their own and they want to do marketing. And I mean, online, social media and all that, it is difficult. It's not easy in the sense that if you don't know anything about it, I mean, you go create a Facebook ad. And I mean, with all the restrictions nowadays and all the things like you, you got to really learn that process. If, and I always hear all the time where I hear investors, they like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing SEO. 
<laughs> okay, sure you are. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Because wow. I mean, what was it? 2020 or 2019, I think it was Google had already updated its algorithm like 3,200 times in one year. You know, I'm like, you're going to keep up with all that, you know, with your, they don't, you know, they don't understand. They, they see it, but they don't understand. And what I've been seeing is that what you're doing is that is you, you, you're nailing down the, uh, the marketing side of it. Right. So how is it that you came into a partnership? So I saw that you partner with one click SEO, um, yes. or are you partnering with them or is that your company? Like what, what's the deal there? So, well, it's, it's weird. So whenever I was doing my post licensing, there's 45 hours of post licensing that's required in Louisiana. Whenever I was doing that, uh, one of my instructors was a guy named Dean Cassiopo, and he was the head of technology for one of the biggest companies here in the Gulf South. And um, basically what happened was he started freelancing right about the time I created this company. He left his job and he uh, I, I met with him and he's like, dude, this is going to be awesome. Let's let's do this together. So we started doing search engine optimization like we do local search engine optimization. Then we started doing national search engine optimization. It's basically the field of dreams approach. It's like, well, nobody searches online for discount real estate brokers. Like at the time, the like everything on page one for discount real estate broker searches was literally news articles. And, and now it's us and it's clever and it's all these other companies. And so basically I partnered with him from day one just to, just to have an amazing digital presence. Okay. And so whereas your typical brokerage, they start and then they go buy an office mm -hmm. with me. I started and I literally ran it out of my master closet. Um, and we, we, we poured every penny into digital marketing, SEO, Google pay-per-click, all that kind of stuff, just driving brand awareness. And for five going on six years, that's what we focused on is digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, like literally just hammering that. And, and we are, what we do is, is pretty amazing. So like for our franchisees, you get a Google pixel where we can, like if, if you went to, if, if we were in your market and you went to Zillow to figure out how to sell a house yourself, the next thing you know, you're going to see my ad on YouTube. You're going to see my ad on Google banner ads if you're shopping for fishing lures or golf clubs. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if you click on that and get redirected to my website, you'll see a saving slider showing you how much money you'll save. You'll see all about our company and our value proposition. And then once you've been there, now I'm going to retarget you on Facebook for the next 90 days through a Facebook pixel. And these are all things that we literally just do for our agents and our franchisees. Like it's not like, some big, huge expense. This is just what we do. You know, for a very small fee, we have an in-house team that does that for everyone. And, um, and the reason is because I feel like that's the biggest blind spot for agents. You know, you've got somebody in some crazy country in Asia saying, I'll make you rank at the top of Google for $99. I'm like, no, you won't. All right. you know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't want my agents to have to figure that out. I don't want yeah. them to have to, I mean, I don't want them to have to figure out how to do all those things. I want them to sell more things and make, make more money. Right. I'll, I'll do the rest. So, so when they're coming on and as the, as a franchisee, you're setting up the pixel, you're setting up, you're handling the whole marketing aspect of it. It's like, don't worry about it. We have the marketing, <laughs> you know, we're going to make that phone ring pretty much. Yes. Um, is, are they paying a fee for this or is this part of the, the 5% that goes back to the home office? Like, how's that? So, so basically the home office runs branding ads on YouTube and on Google banner ads throughout every market that we operate in. 
Um, and so I, I break down marketing into two things. There's branding mm -hmm. and then there's prospecting. If it's branding, then generally corporate, that's us. We, we handle that and we help you push that cart. Or sometimes we just push that cart completely ourselves when it comes to YouTube and Google and things like that. When it comes to prospecting, like running a Google pay-per-click to target, you know, Hidden Oaks subdivisions in San Antonio, that's prospecting. That's trying to generate a lead. And in those situations, basically, it's a $500 flat fee for them to manage your website, you know, Google ads, Facebook pixel retargeting, all that. And it's 500 bucks. It doesn't matter. We spend $1,200 a month. If you spend $100,000 a month, it's 500 bucks. And that's something we extend to our agents as well as all of our brokers and franchisees. And the typical going rate for somebody who's really good is fifteen hundred, two grand a month. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing what we do, but that's how we have to operate. We have to be more efficient. So, can I hire your marketing company? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is that's amazing, and I mean, even at that cost, it's it's nothing. I mean, I, I've. Yeah. I've done it. I, I've started from uh, zero. I've started from nothing. My business. I've I learned how to code websites. I built my own websites. I learned the ins and outs of SEO. You know, getting the the Google Analytics spider crawling my site, updating mm -hmm. pixels, installing pixels. Mm -hmm. So I've gone through it all. I've done it. I still do a lot of it for our own business. I do all the marketing and everything. And my God, I mean, is it? it's it's an insane amount of work that it takes to yeah. get that going where if you're telling me even for two grand a month we have that taken care of and i'm able to piggyback on your brand because like yeah. you said you you started dominating locally right and now your brand becomes that much more powerful so when you go into other cities you're already starting you know mm -hmm. higher up on the ladder than somebody mm -hmm. that's starting brand new there yeah. so I mean, it's uh, I'm over here like bragging about your business, but like I, I, I value marketing a lot because well, it's so difficult and I see the value in that. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that listening to your earlier podcast, which I really appreciated you covering, by the way, um, and I, I'm and so ironically, how I came across you is a dude reached out to me and did a franchise request after listening to your podcast. Oh. And I was like, how did you hear about me? And he's like, you were on this podcast. And I was like, dude, can you link me to that? And so he linked me to that. And that's where that's where you popped up. And I, I listened to it. And it was awesome because it was like, you know, you got it. OK, like it clicked in your head. And and the reason why is like, OK, and, and you hit you hit this right on the head. You know, are we grossly profitable right now at the corporate side? No, we're not. And it's, it's by design. OK, like literally I haven't I mean, this is probably revealing too much. I haven't taken one penny out of the corporate side yet. And I'm the founder and CEO. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what I did do is I brought on a graphics design team to make my brand look amazing everywhere we are. Okay. So why did I do that? Because if I do that and the brand looks phenomenal everywhere in the country that we are, they're going to start doing more deals and it's going to make me more money eventually. But the only problem is once they start doing more deals and hypothetically making me more money, I'm probably just going to find something else to spend money on to make my agents more and more and more and more money. And it's the old, it's the age old question of if you had a million dollars to spend on marketing and you knew you were only going to make a million back, would you spend it? Yeah. All day. I mean, it, if I could get 800 of it back, I'd probably spend it just right. because it, it tells the world what we do, but it's look, it's no different. And I'm not saying we're as big as they are, but it's no different than Tesla, Amazon, Uber, all these other companies, you know, they, they didn't start making a profit for a decade. 
but it's because they were building something. Well, and, and also, I think you, you hit it right there where you're saying, you know, if you were to spend a million dollars and you were going to make a million dollars, would you do it? And I think that's where you and I look at it different because it's what we look at is it's not what it generates instantly is what it generates over the long term. Right. Because now yes. that million dollars, this doesn't stop. You no. know, it's like, yeah, I got a million dollars back today. But that million dollar, it keeps going and it keeps going because now that brand awareness, that reach keeps stretching out, keeps expanding, keeps going further. So mm -hmm. and like you said, I don't care if I get 800 back. I agree. I'm the same way. I'm just like, I don't care if I get any of it back because over the long term, the exposure I get from that mm -hmm. is going to be insane. It keeps my company running for decades, right? Yeah. Just spending that money. So, uh, I, I mean, it's just, I think that's the issue though. That's the issue why it's so hard for people to succeed as brokers, as agents, as investors. They don't understand marketing. They want, they want to be always prospecting for the now and never building a brand, anything that's going to always keep prospecting moving forward. Sure. Right? But, but uh, all right, let's go a little bit further down the rabbit hole with that. Yeah. Okay. So for your average agent. What is the brand? It's the agent. Mm -hmm. Like nobody ever says, oh, I listed my house with top best realty. Nope. I listed my house with Jane Smith. Who's Jane Smith with? I don't know. They might be with top best realty. I really don't know. I like Jane Smith. Okay. But the problem is that the agent is the brand. Okay. So when the agent is the brand, number one, that, that creates two problems for an agent. Number, number one, you have to somehow create a brand that separates yourself, despite the fact that you do the same thing virtually and charge the same money. Okay. But then the next problem is what happens when Jane Smith wants to take a break? Well, the brand dies. The reason is, is because Jane Smith is the brand. Whereas with us, you don't have to be the brand. You'd be shocked at how many franchisees have reached out to me and they said, look, I'm not going to lie. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm super pumped about owning this franchise is because I don't have to be the one pushing the cart anymore. I can literally stop. Okay. And so for my, my top producing agents, like I've had three agents leave in almost six years. And of those three, pretty much all of them couldn't get out of their own way when it came to branding. Like they came over and they're like, oh no, I have to build this persona for myself and I have to become the brand. It's like, no, let the brand be the brand. Let, let your value proposition be the brand and let it complement you. Let you have your smiling face with your cell phone number beside the value proposition. Mm -hmm. And then go conquer the world with that value proposition. And, and that starts the snowball rolling down the hill of referrals. Right. You know, but then you can stop. You know, you can literally just, you can stop. Send the business elsewhere, do whatever, because they're not just coming to you because of the pumpkin pie recipe. They're coming to you because of what you do and your value proposition. Yeah, I actually had somebody reach out to me um, a few months ago and it was under false pretenses. He got me. Um, and when we, <laughs> we sit down, we're talking business. He starts pitching me these uh, like gift cards, not gift cards, but like kind of these uh, greeting cards, physical greeting cards. And he <clears throat> had his binder and his thing mm -hmm. and his, I'm like, Oh, dude, you're, you're so, I was like, you're so out of your timeline, man. <laughs> I was like, I appreciate it, man. I, 
but no, man, no, right. the, the amount of money I got to spend on that, I'll get so much more reach and value anywhere online. Right. And I right. can, I can deliver the same kind of sentiment online than right. sending this. I get, I understand like, oh yeah, it's cool receiving a card, but what does anybody do? Oh, that's nice. Garbage. Like the hell do I want a card for? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I agree with you because I've always been a techie, mm-hmm. but my top producer, do you know what she does? Yeah. So she has postcards. Well, now look, she does digital marketing. Yeah. And, and in general, I don't think postcards work. Okay. But she sends out a postcard. She lives in this huge neighborhood and she's, she's literally by herself, probably going to do a hundred real estate transactions this year. Okay. No team, no ISA, just her. Um, she's in the top 25 of all the greater New Orleans agents right now. What she does is, and now we've added the digital marketing aspect to her, but every three months, like every quarter, she'll send out something saying, I sold 16 homes in the neighborhood in the first quarter and I saved my clients 120 grand. Okay. And then the next quarter, same thing. And the next quarter, the same thing. And the next quarter, the same thing. And she'll top it off at the end of the year saying, I saved my clients $900,000 this year in commissions. And I sell more homes faster than anybody in these areas. And, and literally when I tell you in, she listed four houses yesterday. Okay. Like literally four. (laughs) I mean, she's just, she's killing it, but, but she's continual with it. But here's the thing that wouldn't work if she was with just a random agent, you know, doing a random six thing. It works because of the value proposition. Yeah. A hundred percent. And using something to that point, like using a postcard or some kind of that branding as a follow-up, right. Or Mm -hmm. as, as a little add on. Great. But if, she does the analysis. I doubt, you know, a port, a big portion of her business is coming solely from that no, without any no. of the online or even the initial brand itself, like the, her right. initial business, right? The, the reason why she was able to sell those 16, um, those right. 16 properties. So all of that matters. Now you, we keep talking about the brand and my question is as you're franchising and you're doing the market and everything, how do you keep your brand Clean. How do you take care of your brand with another agent pretty much representing that brand? Because you're coming across that, you know, your agents are professionals. It's yes, you get the 1%, but you also get a great service. You get everything that you expect. What do you have in place or how do you make sure that that gets that quality is delivered? Sure. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, as a value add to our agents, as a value add to our agents, we provide uh, the graphics design team, but it's also gra- a value add to me, right? So, you know, now rather than agent having to design something themselves or go on Fiverr or start dealing with Canva or whatever else, they literally send an email to design at 1%list.com saying, hey, I just sold this. Here's my headshot. Here's the photo. Here's the information. Give me this graphic. And within, you know, very quickly, you know, my graphics design team edits it and sends it back to them. And it looks perfect, professional. The colors are on point. Brand looks perfect. Everything looks great. Right cell phone number for the agent, everything. You know, and it's typically we saved our client this amount versus paying 6%. And, and, and so my idea of providing a graphics design team was twofold. Number one, now my agents don't have to mess with that. But number two, now I don't have to worry about approving all these things because it's handled in-house. Yeah. Oh, and, and okay. And I mean, I, I see the value in that, but my question was more leaning towards if the agent is providing a bad service, 
to the sellers, right? Oh. Like we're providing, like the agent is garbage, right? Or the broker is not doing the right thing or doing a bad service because then that reflects on your brand. That reflects sure. on, you know, they your brand was what sold them. And sure. now an agent comes through and they're extremely disrespectful. They're not, you know, whatever that may be, that's going to affect your brand as well, right? But sure. where you have people saying good things, you'll have people saying bad things. Oh, the agents suck. Yeah, they're cheap, right. but we get terrible service. So that area of it. Sure. I think, I think there's a, there's, there's multiple parts to that. Number one is I'm not afraid to fire an agent. Okay. Like step, step one in our, our mission statement is to provide value to our clients. And if we're doing a horrible job, mm -hmm. you know, saving you money, if we don't net you as much as everybody else or more is not really saving you money. Um, so our agents have to be very professional. Our agents have to do a good job. I have no problem firing agents. And, and the reason is, is because, you know, I could probably fire 20% of my agents and still grow because the, the brand and the value proposition pushes our growth more than just adding more bodies. Mm -hmm. Also, the, one of the things, you know, I don't oversee recruiting as much as I used to because we're in so many different areas. But the last thing that I, I would always push on our agents is, look, this is like an I win button. This is like an easy button from Office Depot. You know, it's like you don't have to cheat anymore. You don't have to oversell. You don't have to overpromise. All you have to do is be truthful, be honest. And and so we I would like to think, you know, I can tell you so far we haven't dealt with that because I can right. assure you they would have told me. Yeah. Uh, you know, are there is there an occasional issue where, where we have, you know, things? Yeah. I mean, every business has that. But the, the issue is getting in front of it. Yeah. You know, it, we, we just we have to get in front of it. And we have to apologize and eat humble pie when we have to. And we got to do whatever we can do to make it right. You know, ultimately, just like any other business would. But I think I, I think because getting the business comes a lot, a little bit easier to us, a lot easier to us that, you know, we don't we don't really run into those ethical and moral concerns as much because we don't have to we don't have to push the envelope so much. We just kind of have to be ourselves. Yeah, no, I, I understand. And it makes a lot of sense. I, I'm always thinking like the McDonald's model, right? Like, how is it that you eat a McDonald's here? Or when I lived in Spain, or Argentina, I, I eat a McDonald's there and it's like, it's a fucking McDonald's. It doesn't matter where I eat it. It's still McDonald's, right? right? Um, the difference is the McDonald's over there, they sell beer and wine. Um, but other than that, like it's still McDonald's and, and it's just that quality control. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's hard because like, all right, so we, we brought in somebody, I won't name who it was, but uh, one of the first things we do is we create a Google My Business for you with 40 citations from Yelp and Ylopo and all these, like every other place you can imagine we get a citation from just to say, hey, Google, we exist and we're right here. Uh, well, one of the things that we do is, you know, the, the terms we, we use are discount real estate broker and things like that. But the reason is, is not because the way we we like it to sound, it's just because that's what people search for. Like if you go to our website, you'll, you'll, you'll see sell my home cheap. Okay. I didn't choose those words. The public chose those words because that's what they search on Google when they're looking for somebody to provide them better value for selling their homes. Right. And so we had a franchisee create their own Google My Business. And, you know, prior to us being able to do it and we're like, why'd you do that? And they were like, well, you know, discount real estate broker sounds so cheap to me. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I was like, how about we, we start a sushi restaurant, but instead of calling it sushi, we're going to call it fish rolled in salad product. And then anybody who searches fish rolled in salad product will come across us straight away. But if you don't, we just don't exist to you. Yeah. And she just, you know, she started laughing and I was like, it's not about what we like. It's about the consumer. 
It's just about the consumer. Get in the head of your consumer and now you're going to have solved some problems. So, so, yeah, I mean, little things like that. But I mean, we just we have to we have to stress and we're actually we're polishing off uh, a franchisee and agent boot camp where when you join, you're going to you're going to go through boot camp. It's going to be like a day's worth of stuff. But you finish it. You get Kelly Cash. That's my wife's name is Kelly. You get <laughs> Kelly Cash to go spend some money on something. And that's awesome. because it, it's hard to just untrain people of how they think. Yes. You know, it really yeah. is. Well, I mean, even when every time I, I talk to I talk to a lot of new investors that are getting started and they want to they want to figure out what their next steps are. And it's always the same conversation. I'm like, stop being so emotional about this. It's not about what you like. It's not about what you want. It's not about you. You got to understand where's the market? Where's the customer? What is it that they need? And you got to supply that. If you're not willing to do what the market and what the customer needs, choose something else right? because yeah. you're going about it the wrong way. It's not uh -huh. about you. Uh, completely. So you got to figure out how to get out of your own way a little bit. Oh, hundred percent. So I wanted to ask too, why did you decide to go the franchise route versus expanding yourself where you are, you know, you have home base and then you just, you get other brokers under you and you just expand yourself. Why go the franchise route? I think people do better when they feel like they own something. Mm. And I look, I think if you could boil up my real estate career in one phrase, it's been this, the more I focus on everybody else's happiness and their bottom line, the more money I seem to make. And it started with my clients. Okay. I wasn't focused on what I'm charging you. I'm focused on how can I offer you the same level of service at a much lower price? How can I offer you more and still charge you less? And then once we started bringing on agents, it was, okay, how can I bring on more tools? How can I do this? Like my, my wife justifi justifiably so hates my guts sometimes when dealing with all this because she's been the broker of the home office. Yeah. And, and look, every like I made enough to support the family and I took every penny that she made and I'm like, honey, we're going to spend this on this. We're going to spend this on this. We're going to redo the website again. We're going to redo all these things again because it, it turned into, okay, I figured out how to make the client save money and still be thrilled. Now, how can I make my agents more profitable? How can I offer them more tools? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I continue to do more for them? And then it evolved into, okay, how can I sell franchises for cheaper than you could make one yourself? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's been our goal is I want to sell you a franchise cheaper than you could actually create one. Okay. Now look, you can create a guy in a truck realty and I can't compete with that, but I can promise you, you can't give yourself the amount of tools I can give you for anywhere near what I can sell it to you for. And so it's always been, okay, how do I do more and charge less? And, and eventually it just, it just grows because it's not about me. Well, and, and something I think most people are not going to appreciate or value unless they've done any level of it is what, you know, is the marketing side of it. I mean, what, they're buying into is pretty much an established brand that yes. all you got to do is flip a switch in that area and leads start instantly versus yeah. you starting from zero to build that brand. It's going to mm -hmm. take you. I mean, going back to what you said that you started doing uh, the SEO and doing all that, like how long did it take you from when you started doing SEO and marketing until you were saying, oh, okay, now we're, we're really rocking and rolling. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on the area. The local stuff started to take place within two years. Nationally, 
Yeah. I mean, we, we, we generally rank number one nationally for anybody who's searching 1% commission or any derivative of that. And we're on page one for all discount real estate brokers. This is organically. We don't pay for that. You know, it just, it, it takes time. It's an investment just right. like anything else. Most people don't realize Zillow is not really a real estate website. They are an SEO company. Yep. You know, if you build an island in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and put a house on it and call it something, Zillow will rank number one for it the next day for houses for sale in that area. That's why they are valuable. It's not because they have listings on there. It's because yep. they rank number one across the country. And so it's it's hard. Uh, one of our goals is to rank number one nationally for all discount real estate broker terms and, and also be able to search our website nationally uh, for any 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 uh, house across the country. And and. Once we achieve that, we're going to generate a ridiculous amount of leads, which you probably won't be shocked by. We give them away to our franchisees. I, live, I literally give away listings every single week right now to random agents throughout the country. I've got one girl in uh, South Arizona in the Phoenix area that I've given her three listings. Right. And I was like, who's generated more listings so far this year? You in your market or me in your market? And she's like, ironically, you in my market. And I was like, OK, well, I'm just outside New Orleans. Maybe you should think about getting your broker's license. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to work on that. And I was like, okay, good. Wow. I mean, it's just, and right now, um, uh, recently, uh, Zillow came out where they started charging for you to have, be able to list your rentals, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody started like flipping out about this. Oh, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, they are literally, you're paying $10 or $15 a week or some shit to be a number one everywhere, right? Like. For, I mean, you're paying for that marketing that puts you at the top instantly. Anybody that looks for anything online hits Zillow first. What you you're not valuing the right things. Yeah. You're valuing going back to what we talked about when agents are looking for that commission split and that you're you're valuing the cherry and not the whole cake. That yeah. the value brings it. And realtors blow my mind. It's like okay. You look, you have no stake in this game. But if I told you right now, you could own, well, there, there's a couple of things, but if, if you could own a 1% list franchise and you could buy one Zillow lead for $400, or you could direct 400 people to your website and then retarget them on Facebook with your value proposition, which one's better for you long term? Yeah. Right. One, one of them is literally hand, handing you a fish that's 80% of the time is rotten or already eaten. Okay. The, the, literally that's how bad Zillow leads can be. And for us, it's like, no, we're, we're providing you the ability to fish for yourself and, and giving you, I mean, it's just, it, it blows my mind how agents, you know, they'll spend 10 grand a month on Zillow leads and they'll think that's genius. Well, but yeah, it, you, you offer them something better yeah. and they're like, Oh hell no. Why do I want to do that? I know my worth. Hang on, let me write this check to Zillow. <laughs> exactly, and then that's the problem too. Is that now you are, you know, you're you're susceptible to Zillow if they change anything, if anything happens, they decide to, they're monopolizing your lead flow. Where now it's like if Zillow does anything because you own no part of it, you have no stake in it, they can do whatever the hell they want. They change anything, you go out of business now. Because you've been accustomed to being fed fish versus knowing how to go out there and get it yourself. So, Correct. I mean, I, I completely agree. Now, my next question for you is how does somebody 
is able to pretty much get a franchise with you guys. How do they proceed that? Is there certain states that you're only in? Are you going everywhere? Like how does approach somebody approach you? Yeah, we're 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 able to do business in almost all 50 states now. There's there's still a small handful of states like four or five that are really really hard to unlock. Um, I've had I've had a poor guy who's waiting to buy Baltimore, Maryland for like months and months and months, but they just take forever. I've got another guy in California who's waiting. I've got another guy in Seattle who's waiting just because they they take forever yeah. to to approve things. Um, but you know, in in about 42, 43, 44 states now, you know, if you reach out and say, hey, I, I want a franchise, then I'm able to sell you one. Basically, we make the franchising process very easy. Um, most of them go through about an hour long Q and A with me, where I learn about them, they learn about me, they learn about what we can offer them, and then um, you know we 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 look at how many deals you're doing, and what your goals are. Because some people, their goal is not to recruit agents and and own a brokerage. You know, I I tell people I was the number thirty six biggest agent in Greater New Orleans in twenty nineteen, and my wife totally replaced me as the breadwinner of the family in twenty twenty, just because the home office did so many deals. You know, and her just making a small amount of all these little deals just added up tremendously. Um, and so, you know, for for your average franchisee, that's their goal is they're a top producing agent, but they're a broker. They want to own something so they can build it for three, four, five years and then let agents push that cart and they can kind of take a back seat. And so we just look and see, OK, how big is your market? How big do you want to own? And what does that look like? Like I had somebody who tried to buy Broward, Miami in Palm counties yesterday. And I was like, that's awesome. That's 6,000 deals a year. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, based off of our algorithms and what we can accomplish, that's about 6,000 deals in a year. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'll high five you and come hang out on your yacht if you pull that off. But, uh, you know, oh, shit. It, it's not easy, you know, but, but we just look at it and say, okay, how big can we expect you to grow and how long will that take? And then how big of an area can you service based off of that? You know, but we're we're big, you know, once again, you probably won't find this shocking. We're big proponents of franchise growth. I sell you subsequent territories cheaper than I sold you the first one, because if you've proven, you know, you're the racehorse, you're the entrepreneur, you're going to go. Then, you know, I want to I want to ride with you. You know what I mean? Now, what what qualifies as a territory? So let's say uh, I'm here in San Antonio, right? Are you going to give me? all of the San Antonio territory, or if you see like it's 10,000 listings that come up in San Antonio, you're going to say, no, you know, you don't have the infrastructure. You can't handle that. You would you sell the same territory to a couple agents, like a, a couple brokers? Like how do you manage that? Depends on the situation. Um, so, so basically if you call me, you're like, dude, great news. I just got my broker's license. I did three deals last year and I want to own San Antonio. Yeah. You're like, eh, probably not. <laughs> but if you're like, dude, I've got 60 agents. I think I can add 30 more and I want to own San Antonio. I'm like, all right, let's do that. You know, or, or, you know, I've got a girl that bought, uh, uh, she bought Mecklenburg County. That's, that's Charlotte. There's 1.3 million people there. Um, but she just, she, pardon my friend, she's an ambitious little shit. Mm. And every time, every time she called me, she, you know, her eyes got bigger and it turned into the point where she's like, no, I want to own She's like, I want to own North Carolina at some point. Like, how do I do that? And so somebody like that, like, that's the people I love. Like, give me yeah. like the, give me the amazing entrepreneur that's like, you know what? I'm going to kill it. I just got to figure out, you know, the, 
what what direction I'm going to go to to kill it, but I know I'm going to kill it. You know, I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm not going to accept anything less. I'll take those people all day long. I would much rather have a conversation about somebody who just wants to take over the world and they got to figure out how, and I got to figure out how to support that. That's much easier than me saying, ah, you know, I just, I want to own my own little thing and do my own little stuff. You know? Right, right. No, I've, I'm I'm all for that. I'm that kind of person. I, I always say that I've been successful because I was too dumb to know any better. Um, you know, because it's just you just do it. You don't you don't right. think through. You, you know, you just I'm willing to do whatever needs to get done to get it done. Now, so somebody could just let's say because there's a lot of San Antonio agents that I know are hurting. So if they approach you and they say, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a broker, right? I I've done X amount." I want to tap into this. I want to get a franchise here in San Antonio. You give them like a certain amount of leads that only come out. Like, how do you manage that section? Like to have multiple sure. perhaps brokers for 1% list in the same city. Like, is that what you do? No. Uh, so basically what we do is like, if you owned one, I can't like, let's say you owned one here and then there was another one here. Like I've actually got a family member who lives in New Braunfels. Mm -hmm. And so if you got somebody in New Braunfels and their best friend lives in San Antonio, I can't tell them they can't list their best friend's house. <clears throat> but what I can tell them is if that's somebody else's franchise territory, you can't buy billboards there. You can't do massive digital marketing there. You can't be running postcard games over in somebody else's territory. Can you list a house there? Sure. Can you work with a buyer there? Sure. But you know, I've got to protect their backyard. Okay. Right. Where we draw the line is like, let's say a for sale by owner pops up and it's in somebody else's franchise territory. Okay. You can use the sniper rifle approach to talk to that one person, but you can't go out and mass market to that area. It's it's not cool. You know, that's why you're buying a protected territory. Okay, so th that's where I was. So if somebody comes, first they gotta qualify, right? And right. so if somebody's coming from San Antonio and you do, you, on your end, you're doing the analysis, you're saying San Antonio produces X number of leads, right? Mm -hmm. Now that broker needs to qualify in order to get San Antonio, or is well, it like pretty much everybody qualifies? It's just for how much space, you okay. know, like if, if you're already doing 50 deals a year mm -hmm. and you're going to bring on four agents with you that they're each doing 20 deals a year, then, you know, like we've doubled in sales volume every single year, believe it or not, like out of this little office that you're seeing here, we're going to have an eight or 9% market share, maybe even 10 in my market. And I'm competing against big, big boys. Right. I mean, this is literally just operating out of my house. Um, mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, we expect you to grow. And so I've got no problem looking at somebody and saying, look, this market, like to grow to a 5% market share in year seven, that's what this looks like. But you're only here. I can get you to here. You know, right. I can do that. You know, that's the whole point of what we do. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we got to look at what that what that looks like, where, where we struggle is like somebody who wants to buy the state of Texas and stuff like that. Just completely unreasonable things. You know, um, you know, the girl in South Florida that I'm talking to, she's been a successful entrepreneur in multiple businesses, and she's dead set on owning a, a territory that's over six million people. And she will not accept no for an answer. She's like, no, I can do this. Wow. And so, I mean, we'll figure out a way to see if she can. I you know, can. all I can say, you know, if somebody in San Antonio called me tomorrow and they're like, look, I have an awesome team. We do 100, 150 deals a year already. We can go do 2006, six, seven years. All right, let's do San Antonio. Let's do that. Let's do Austin too, and Dallas and Houston. Let's For do sure. the whole damn thing. Well, there you have <laughs> it, guys. I mean, that sounds like fun to me. If, you know? if you're hungry, definitely reach out. 
Um, now, the market shifts, becomes that buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Do you become now, do you switch to 1% buyer commission? Like, what, what does your business look like as far as that goes? Where now there's, you know, there's not enough buyers, there's a ton of sellers. Like, or does the model stay the same? Like, what do you see it for your business as a transition for that? Well, as of right now, everybody can afford to pay 6%. Nobody wants to. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got tons of equity right now. Like a lot of people say, oh my God, is this 2008 again? Well, everybody's got tons of equity. So I don't really see that. And we don't have a supply. Um, so if prices start dropping and houses sit on the market, are you going to be like, man, my, my home value is plummeting. I need to spend more money on commission. Probably not. Okay. You know, um, I, I think that once that time comes, what's going to happen is, is we're going to have a situation in which people now need us. You know, right now they don't need us. I mean, right now you can make the argument that nobody needs an agent right now. You can make that argument other than the fact you might not get top dollar if you don't hire an agent. Um, but I think once the market begins to slow, people are going to need us. I, I can tell you this, the only way we're going to be negatively impacted is if the buyer's market comes around and everybody starts going back to open houses and picking up magazines to shop <laughs> because the last time we had a buyer's market, like none of this was here. Yeah. Apps weren't here. You know, like I guarantee you, I mean, it, if somebody has an 85 year old grandma out there and she's thinking about moving, I guarantee you she's on a Zillow app. Or yeah. she's on a realtor.com app on, on her iPad. Now look, that font might be gigantic, but she's mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. she's she's not driving around looking for balloons and you know, looking for open house signs and picking up a magazine. She's just not. So those days are gone. And so once that's gone, now we all become commoditized to some degree. Yeah. We're, we we all become completely commoditized from a marketing standpoint. Now we start being valued for what we should be valued for, which is, you know, our brains, how well we know our market, you know, how well we can structure deals. You know, you don't value your CPA on the ability to fill out a, a spreadsheet. You value them based off their ability to know the tax code and save you money or, or do things like that. That's how a realtor should be valued. It shouldn't be that we're valued at 6% for putting something on the MLS and holding an open house. Yeah. And I, and I think to your point, going back to, pretty much the whole topic is, you know, your marketing, your market share on everything is what's going to keep you in business, no matter what the cycle is, because you guys have created a brand, you've created a following, you've created all this where it's like, well, yeah, you still go to them, right? That's the brokerage you want to work with. So let me ask you this question. So whenever we ran that first Inman article that you read, I had a Redfin broker from Alaska reach out. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the craziest things, uh, biggest ego trip of my life. He called me and he was like, dude, I'm in Anchorage. I'm in a snowstorm right now. I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, I want to know about your franchises. And I started to introduce myself. He's like, dude, I know who you are. And I was like, how? And he's like, because you're beating our ass in Louisiana. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, how do you think I'm doing that? And he's like, I don't know. And I said, well, first of all, we're focused on agents being more profitable. We're not focused on providing a safety net for the agent. The moment you give an agent a safety net, you give them a glass ceiling. So we don't do that. We're focused on agents doing more deals to make tons of profit. But I was like, beyond that, when I say Redfin, what does it say to you? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, I asked my stepdad and he thinks it means we're going fishing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, so I was like, here's the thing. If your branding isn't good, 
Okay. And I'm not saying theirs isn't good. It's, it's cool. It's catchy, but it doesn't say what you are. Right. Okay. And so Redfin doesn't mean anything. You have to spend a ton of money to tell the story. If you were driving through a neighborhood and you saw a sign that said 1% lists, and then you saw our tagline under that full service for less, what do I charge this? What, how do I do my, my work? You do it this way. Okay. Problem solved. Like my guy, the first franchise we opened outside of our area in Florida, he's like, dude, an amazing thing happened. I've been a realtor for 27 years and nobody's ever called me and said, dude, I saw your sign. Is this what you do? Would you please come list my house? And I was like, yeah, I did awesome. And he's like, dude, it's great. Yeah. You're like, this doesn't happen. And, and so many agents, you know, they, they let that ego get in the way. It's like, Oh, well, I'm Jane Smith and I have a great idea. And it's going to be called Jane Smith properties. It's like, no, yeah. No. Yeah. And I mean, exactly that. Like if it's taking you too long to explain what you do, what the value is, you already lose 90% of the people. Like if. Right. And you get people, oh, it's a flat fee to this point, And then it's a flat fee plus this. And then there's, we have these tiers and all this stuff. It's like, how about you just charge 1% and do a phenomenal job? Like, how about you just do that? <laughs> Such a simple concept. <laughs> you've, you've definitely executed it very well. So. What is next for 1% list? What do you guys have in the pipeline? What's next? Oh, man, we're probably three or 400 franchises, maybe more. Wow. That's the goal. Um, I mean, we've had, we've had numerous investor groups reach out to us. I can't name names, but we've had numerous investor groups reach out and say, hey, I want to get involved. I want to get involved. It's like people whose names you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like, eh, I, I haven't been given the right deal yet. Right. But for me, it's like, I mean, I want to, I want to show agents that there's a better way to be more profitable and make people appreciate you and value you better. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to do that across the country. I mean, and, and we're, we're now getting our feet under us to where we've got the marketing dollars to throw at it. And so, yeah, we're about literally we've sold so far. We've got, 20 franchises open already. And we've only been doing this since late last year. We've got 20 franchises open and we've got about 10 or 12 more in the pipeline. <clears throat> and that's just with inbound leads. That's just people reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I want one um, with the exception of, of that Inman article. And so we're going to, we're going to go from spending $0 a month on marketing to probably 15 or 20 a month here very soon. Wow. And yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to roll out a lot really fast. And, and it's funny, like once, once agents see what we do, I get two responses. It's like, number one, I want to own this because it's cool. But number two, I want to own this before somebody else does. Yeah. <laughs> and once agents realize, okay, you can be more profitable doing this way and it's kind of easier. Now it's like, all right, well, you better buy this before somebody else does, you know, because it's coming. I mean, agency, it's coming. I agree. You know, it's, it's the future. The, the only question is, is, is it going to be a very anti-agent company? that forces it down your throat? Or is it going to be a pro agent company that's focused on figuring out how to make you more money despite the fact you're charging less? And I think, you know, you said it earlier where your focus is how can I bring my agents more value? How can I bring them more deals? How can they make more money? I mean, just that I think is the mission that is going to take you to succeed where your agents, as they come on, they're going to feel that love. They're going to feel that it's not another brokerage that's gimme, gimme, gimme. It's a brokerage that's like here, 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 here. You know, we want you to explode because the more they grow, the better they do. Right. That's that translates directly to you guys. Right. And 
And so we keep it simple. Like agents ask me, it's like, okay, what's your office fee? Well, we don't have one. What about your desk fee? We don't have one. What about a monthly fee? We don't have one. Well, what about a minimum, you know, commission split? No, we don't have that either. And then I get the franchisee saying, well, do I have a marketing match? No. Do I have a minimum fee every month? No, you don't have any minimums. That's just insurance. Okay. The way I look at it is that's insurance against me not doing my job. If I do my job well, you're going to explode. If you do your job well, you're going to explode. We're going to do that together. And so I don't want the insurance policy of having to charge you fees. I want to charge, if, if you don't, if you don't make anything, I don't want you to pay me anything. Okay. It's, it's pretty simple as a, as a franchisor. If you don't sell a damn thing, you're not going to pay me a damn thing, but by God, you're going to sell a lot of things. And <laughs> the simplicity, man, I, I love the simplicity. And I think that's where you guys are. I mean, in so many areas that you guys are unique, but that's by far one of the biggest areas because you, it's so simple to understand for the seller. It's so simple to understand for the agent. So it's, not that difficult to sell. That's why you can scale. That's why it sells itself pretty much. And you've done such an excellent job on the branding, on the marketing and everything that, I mean, you're, you're building yourself a hell of a business here. And uh, I definitely, you know, even though you, of course, you have a really cool haircut. So, I mean, you have good taste in a lot of things. I know, <laughs> you know, every time I do it, just like, it's so itchy. That I'm like, ah, I just shave it off. Yeah, no, all right. But, yeah, everybody well, tells I mean, me but, like you just I've gotta get me on help. that. Yeah, I've had a lot of help. I'm I'm blessed. Like my wife has been amazing. Um, she's the broker, and and so I just you could probably imagine by spending a little bit of time with me, I just kind of running. I run around and I create chaos. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in the middle of all that create of all that chaos, I kind of figure out the path yeah. that we got to go. But my mind is going a million different directions. And and my wife, she's she's a veteran. She's a Navy corpsman. Uh, she's medically retired from the Navy. And so she, she kind of, she's the yin to my yang. She comes behind me and she cleans up the chaos and she builds a structure out of it. And then I've got Dean Cassiopo from one click SEO. I mean, he's a genius. He takes all the marketing ideas and he turns it into a digital marketing process, you know, and I've got agents like Cody career, um, Seth Dufresne, Scott McLaughlin, you know, guys like that that have been with me for a really long time and, and newcomers like Stacia and Ashley that are really just coming along and, and just becoming awesome, awesome, you know, additions to our company. And, you know, I've, I've been blessed that, you know, I've got one thing that I do well and everybody else kind of keeps me straight and compliments me. And sometimes they have to have an intervention and tell me I'm an idiot and it's fine. You know, I'll listen. But, uh, you know, we're we're all we're all generally going the same direction. <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand, and you need to we need, we need to be reined in every now and then because if you leave us alone, we just keep going and going and going. It's right, like, all right, right. Hold on, <laughs> pull it yes. back a little. <laughs> yes, we we go well beyond left field sometimes, but that's okay. I mean, it's what makes us us, right? It's why you're even here. You know, you need yeah. you need that at first because you need that kind of crazy out of the box. You know, let's let's change the world kind of mentality, and then. Mm -hmm. Shit happens. So my last question to you, I, I like uh, getting everybody's feedback on this, is what is or what are your most favorite books that you feel like these books changed my life? Or do you, if you read books, I hope. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge reader. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I kind of stopped reading things like that when I, like, just, I stopped reading when I was a kid. I was always into like, uh, <laughs> fiction fantasy stuff. Like I grew up 
reading Lord of the Rings books and, you know, uh, all, all those sorts of books. Um, one one thing that I did read, which is I, I'm, a, I'm a big golf fanatic. Um, there's a there's a book. There's a tiny book that if you ever want to do you ever play golf, you've ever gotten into golf. Yes. All right. So there's a there's a book called Paper Tiger. And it's about this guy who um, basically tried to walk on at Notre Dame and he failed miserably. And for like his 30th his 30th birthday, his wife sent him to Florida so that he could go from being like a, a guy who shoots 90 to try to make it on the PGA Tour. And in, and in one year, he came pretty damn close, literally in one year. But he would just he had a vision and he had a goal and he was driven. And it's a really short, easy read. It's like, I mean, it's like fifth grade reading. Yeah. But if you want to read something amazing, read that. And and just things like that are, are amazing to me. Uh, one thing that is on on my plate to read at some point is a book called The Go-Giver. Um, have you ever read that? No, no, I haven't. So The Go-Giver, it's, from what I'm told, it's basically about how the more you focus on other people, the more you enrich yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so very similar, and I and people that have read it said it's similar to my mindset. The more I focus on my client, the more money I made. You know, the more I focus on saving them money and just doing a better job for them, the more money I seem to make. And then the more mo- more I, time I spent focusing on the agent and then the franchisee, the more money I, I seem to make because it wasn't my focus. I was just focused on giving as much value to those people as possible, and somehow it all came back to me. And I'm. I guess is I'm a uh, I'm a Christian and I'm a big believer in the universe. I, b- I believe you just go around doing the right things for the right reasons all the time, and somehow amazing things just seem to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a saying that I'm always, you know, it's engraved in me that's it's just you know the right thing is always the right thing to do. You know, yes. it's it's just that's kind of how how we've grown our business and how we live our lives. It's just always do the right thing. Cause it's the right thing. So. Right. But it's more importantly, it's what fulfills you. Yeah. So what fulfilled me initially was making a lot of money as a realtor. Mm. And, and I figured out the fastest way to do that was to offer better value, but then it's okay. Now what's fulfilling to me is if I can take an agent who used to be like struggling, barely making money. And now I turn them into a rock star where they're making six figures plus. It's like, dude, that is the most fulfilling thing in the world. And it's so much more rewarding than any money I make just to watch them grow. It's the coolest thing ever. And I think, you know, I think top CEOs, top, top managers, that's how they view life is they're not running around looking at their people saying, how much are you going to make for me today? It's, how can I make your life better today? How can I make your life easier? What sucks in your job? And how can I take that off of you? Yeah. You know, and yep. as long as that's your focus, dude, you're going to do well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Very, very great advice. Uh, I mean, I've taken so much, so many notes because you've said so many things that I was like, yes, very well said. So well, if you want more, more nuggets of wisdom, we have a company crawfish boil on the 24th. That's this Saturday. Get on a plane, fly down here and eat some crawfish and drink beer. And yes. I can't promise you'll have nuggets of wisdom after too many beers. But <laughs> dude, come have a blast and come eat some <laughs> That sounds like a hell of a lot of fun there. So where <laughs> where can people find you? If they want to reach out to you, they want to, uh, again, open up a franchise and just see what you guys are all about, where, what's the best place? Sure. If you go to the number one and then the word percent and then the word lists, L-I-S-T-S dot com. 
If you go there, you'll see us. You can click on franchising or own a franchise. I think it's own a franchise is what it's up there at. But uh, yeah, basically you, you click on that and, and you can learn all about us. You'll have, there's a, a contact form at the bottom. Just fill that out. Um, yeah, just click on franchise right there at the top toolbar. And once you fill that out, it actually emails me and you would get a call from me directly. I'm, I mean, I, you're not going to get a call from my assistant or anything else. Like you get a call from oh, you know, very the founder nice. of the company. It's like, hey, how are you today? How are you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very so, good. Um, well, yeah. Grant, I want to thank you for your time. Um, this has been a, a great interview. You've shared a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm very happy for what you guys are doing. And I, I feel like you, your mentality, I can... I can connect with a lot. So I feel like because I can connect with it, I think you're going to succeed <laughs> because I, I, feel, I share a lot of the same premise, you know, always doing what's right, providing more value than anybody else. I, to me, it's like, how do you fail with, with that kind of mindset? So uh, again, I want to thank you. I want to congratulate you on your business. I see, a, I believe you can, you're going to have a amazing success. You're going to hit those goals that you have in no time. I, and I can definitely see you just blowing up in the next coming year so <laughs> we'll do uh, we'll, we'll have to do this again in uh yeah. like nine months or so at the end of the year we'll we'll give an update and i'll let you know how we did we, we might have totally swung and missed but i mean we're, we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it dude 100 percent. and uh I, look i appreciate the fact that you i mean you just came i don't know how you came across that Inman article but i appreciate the fact that you took a minute to to sit there and read it and say man this Somebody focus on doing something different and innovating in an industry that needs it. Yes. You know, and it needs it from within, not just from outside. It needs it mm -hmm. from within. And um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm thrilled that I was able to be that guy that's, you know, and who knows, I might be the MySpace that gives way to Facebook. But either way, dude, I mean, we're, we're going the right way and our yeah. heart's in the right place. And, and, and you're uh, enjoying the process. Dude, I'm, I'm loving the process. And so uh, if you're ever in my area, look me up and uh, I'll do the same in San Antonio. But let's connect again, man. And thank you so much for having me. For great. sure. For sure. I appreciate you being on, man. Thank you so much. All right, bro. Take it easy. Have a good week. You too. Take it easy, bud. Okay. Bye. Bye. So there you have it, people. Uh, tips from the pros. What an amazing uh, interview with Grant. What an amazing company. If you don't take anything, if you're somebody that maybe you're not interested in owning your own brokerage or anything like that, but you understand what he talked about marketing, bringing value, sharing, bringing everything that the client needs. Think about the client first. That is what's missing in your business right now. If you can think that way, if you can start strategizing that way, I mean, that's how you build a successful business. Stop thinking about the right now. Right now is over. Right now is what happened yesterday. So what you need to focus on is right now you need to change what's going to happen tomorrow. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. All links, everything that was discussed is going to be below in the show notes. So make sure you reach out to Grant. And if you're an agent that's struggling, I seriously advise that you consider this company because uh, the fact that they're leading in marketing, I mean, that's how you're going to knock it out the park. So hope you guys enjoyed it and stay tuned for more episodes and I will catch you all on the next one.